0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 11 of the Game Changers podcast presented by Triple Deke. Joshua Linsberg here alongside JT Barnett. JT, how are we doing today?
1: I'm doing good. It's a Friday. We're super excited for our guest today. And uh, I think it's going to be a good episode for a lot of athletes that are listening out there that are trying to get into creating content and branding themselves. So super excited for it.
0: Couldn't agree more. JT, been looking forward to this one over the past couple of weeks. TGIF, that is Friday. Uh, Today is our pleasure to be joined by Jordan Rooney, entrepreneur and the first ever NCAA personal brand coach. Jordan, thanks for joining us today.
2: Yeah, no, I've been excited as well for this one, too. So, um, yeah, it's always cool to to be able to talk with other people who understand branding and sports because not often that those worlds collide.
1: A hundred percent, dude. I, w- I would love to hear what you like that being the first person, that's a personal brand coach. What does that entail for you right now? Like for an athlete, like that, especially these hockey guys, like, what are you doing for athletes? Um, I think it's something that's super needed. I would love to hear a little bit more about what that entails.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, I feel like the word coach has taken its own meaning with, you know, the world of life coaches and, and different things. And so like, you know, I'm not, I'm, this isn't me, you know, trying to sell course to athletes. This is me actually being on a staff with a division one team to coach their, their players. Now, you know, I have a creative agency, uh, more of a boutique agency in Pittsburgh. So I have uh, it's like a team of eight. And then I started a, uh, about six years ago, an all-star football game. Um, and with that, we've always been teaching the athletes branding because for me, my personal brand is what got me any opportunity that I have today. It wasn't about being an influencer. It was more about connection, resources, network. And so as I was doing that, I, you know, I built up my network and it started to be more more athletes. And so I got a lot of athletes who are just asking me, Jordan, how do I start a clothing brand? How do I start a podcast? How do I do this? How do I do that? And so I started a, a company it's called Slash Athletes. And with Slash Athletes, the goal is to provide personal brand coaching specifically to universities for their athletes. So it was created because name, image, likeness. Athletes can now be paid, but I wasn't going to work on the athlete side. I wanted to work on the school side. So um when when all of this is getting passed, you know, I approached a couple of schools. And what I realized was it's like, yeah, I can start a company and like, you know, it can do well, but why don't I do something that's disruptive and, and where I see this shift going? Why don't I pitch to a few schools, like, name me your personal brand coach, and I guarantee it'll make national headlines. And it did. It was pretty cool.
1: It was that's awesome. Bro. I
0: remember seeing on frontline sports. I was one of the people that that tweeted about it and um I I think it's just, it's such a huge glass barrier broken and like, you know, the best is yet to come. I mean, you're going to be the first of hopefully many more uh, personal brand coaches. You know, we saw UCF, I think uh, the university, they put their Twitter handles on the back of their jerseys. Uh, That was pretty cool to see.
1: Interesting move. Interesting move. Yeah. I liked it.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I want to talk about uh, before we you know dive into you know your path up to now. I want to talk about uh, you have actually played pro football, but not in the United States. You played in Brazil, Poland, and Serbia. Um, first off, I thought when you on your website you said uh, football. I'm like, oh, it's you know it has to be soccer. And then I did some research. You actually played American football overseas, which I didn't even know that exists uh, in countries like Poland. Um, so what was your experience like playing overseas JT, uh, so that, you know, played hockey overseas as well. I'm sure you guys have some very similar experiences that you guys can talk about.
2: Yeah, it was, it it was a cool experience and it's not anything where it's like, you know, you're making a ton of money. It's more of like, uh, you know, you only allow one American per team and that one American better be able to play both ways and coach because there's not a lot of funding over there. So it was almost, you know, a, a free trip for me to get paid a little bit of money to explore Europe. Um, and ultimately that, that gave me the time to realize that like, all right, well, like I have all this free time, I'm, you know, doing what I want. How can I just go work a job that I hate all day? And so that's ultimately what made me see like, all right, I wanna start a business. Like, let me figure out what's out there. Um, and it was cool, you know, being, I'm sure, you know, JT can relate, being in a situation where you have no choice but to adapt and evolve because, you know, just you, you're, you're around people. You don't know. It's it's one of the best things I think can happen to someone.
1: hundred percent bro. And that, that was, it's a very similar experience for me of like, you're not making a lot, you're not, it's not like you're, you know, I think the, the like professional athlete title gets so glamorized of like, oh, you must be raking it in and must be like saving up so much and living like super lavishly. I was living in a Russian dorm in a military base. And it's like, the experience is really what you do it for. And I wouldn't trade the experience for anything in the world. And I also like that, like what you said about like when you're sitting there and you know, like your career is starting to come to an end. I had that same realization where I was like, there's no chance I'm going to work for somebody and go and do that, that, live that life. For some people, it might be the right thing. For me, there's no chance I'm doing that. So what's next for me?
0: Yeah, 100%. It's,
1: It's a powerful feeling. Sorry,
0: no, no, no. It's a hundred percent. I, you know, I, I want to ask now, so post playing career, did you know you wanted to, what you wanted to do? Did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Did you know you wanted to be a motivational speaker? When did you have that aha moment that, man, this is what I want to do now that I'm done playing?
2: So, you know, I think for me it's always been a matter of not like this is this is what I want to do forever. It's more like how can I create a vehicle to have more access, to have more of a platform. So like I didn't, you know, I grew up in a small town. I didn't know anyone that started a business before. I didn't even know anyone who really liked their job. So for me, it was like, how do I be in a position to where I can immediately increase my sphere of influence? And so at the time it was like, okay, social media is the way to do that. How can I build up a platform? But I wasn't looking to, and not that there's anything wrong being an influencer, but I wasn't looking to be like more of an influencer. I wanted to start a a business. And at that that time, there was never a way, this was like seven years ago, where someone who like like did vlogs could also be a business owner. So for me, it was because they just, they never would have taken you seriously back then. It it, would have been a complete no-no. So for me, it's like, okay, well, if I can speak, I'll be seen as a serious person who's building a platform and then i'll couple that with building a digital presence so i essentially did it as a means to an end i still was passionate about it but for me it was a way here's how i can build a platform here's how i can be known for something and i, I developed this vehicle so it makes it easier than to get meetings to you know get in pitches to, to be able to connect with higher net worth individuals how did you know how did you know what you wanted to talk about so for me it was my own my own personal stuff so i you know i, I had about eight concussions. I've had serious depression, Sheesh. anxiety, lots of suicide because of that. And back then it was like the internet st- still hadn't adapted to the point to where it was all, it was all comedy. It was all entertainment. You know, it wasn't mission focused social media content that was getting a lot of views. You know, it, this was when Vine was a thing and when Facebook still didn't have video yet. So for me, it was like, okay, very polarizing. There's entertainment, and then there's education, but education isn't consumable on social media. No one's investing in building a brand. So for me, it was like, can I invest in building a brand that is solution-based, that is mission focused, that is focused on mental health. And so that's really what it was. It was just me talking about the things I went through, but trying to build community. I wasn't saying I was an expert at it, but I was just talking about how I was able to overcome things.
1: That's awesome, bro. That's eight, really cool to be able to build a brand around that as well. Eight concussions wow. I, I, that's Mm -hmm. like
0: some Gronk. I think Gronk had eight concussions. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that wasn't a fun experience. Um, but let's talk about what, what made you want to launch your nonprofit creative agency built different, which I think is so cool by the way, uh, after reading about it.
2: Yeah. So I, uh, I started with a nonprofit first. My nonprofit never feared being different. um, NFBD, and that's what I started with my speaking career off of. And so the idea was, is you know, it it wasn't anything that was anti-bullying or anything like that. Not that I support bullying, but it was more of like, you know, we're all very trend-based in our decision-making. But you know, there's there's true outliers who look at what the world's doing and say, how can I differentiate myself? How can I take what everybody else is doing and kind of carve my own path? But it's lonely. It's not supportive. People are going to doubt you. And that's what I had dealt with. So I was like, how can I build community around those people? Similar to, you know, JT, like the house, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's how can you build community around these people who are going to go through this lonely journey? Because often you, you find comfort in mediocrity. And so it's like, how can you how can you be comfortable being being uncomfortable? So for me, it was how, how can I start that? And that's what what I started my nonprofit And then I turned that into a social media marketing agency run by high school students specifically focused on working with mission-driven entities. So this idea that nonprofits, foundations, they suck at marketing. Well, how do you get better at it? Well, you don't hire someone who has three marketing degrees that's 45 years old. You hire youth to be able to do it because that's who you want to reach. So I started with that and it went really well. And it helped me to essentially get the seed funding to quit all my other side hustles. Because mm-hmm. you know now I had a you know a program that I was running, but I was getting funding
1: for it. So, so you started you started nonprofit, yeah, I started and then pop- hired all the uh, hired young younger uh, like high school college kids, high school, and then, yeah. start, and then started actually doing it for profit marketing and stuff like that. I still have non-profit. the
2: nonprofit, so I st- okay. nonprofit still exists. It's fully funded every year. We we get some great funding for it, and then I started the for profit creative agency cool. about two to three years ago.
1: Cool. And you know, things have taken off since then. That must be how many
0: As, all right, go ahead, JT.
1: How many uh st- how many students you have helping you out with that are working on that? So so we initially we had it more of like a, a camp after
2: school program based approach cool. where we had 30. But now I've transitioned it into four to five that are super talented because I want to essentially create a model that that. Is can be replicated and scaled, especially you know, where I'm from, where it's like, no, you need to hire more young people. Doesn't matter if they don't have a degree, that doesn't matter. Marketing
1: totally, yeah, that's awesome, bro. Very cool. That's thank you. As someone who
0: fits the, I'm not obviously in high school anymore, I'm a college student, but someone who recently graduated high school two years ago, I'm sure must be interesting because my parents worked. In the marketing, they're in the sales industry now. I never understood what the heck they did growing up. Um, to be able to teach these kids about marketing, um, I'm sure that must have been an interesting experience for you. Could you just sort of tell, like, what was their knowledge coming into it? Did they have any knowledge of of the marketing world, or did you sort of have to teach them marketing one-on-one, basically?
2: Yeah, I would say, here's a good example of this. One of the kids was really good at making uh, like TikTok edits of like euphoria. Okay. So like, you know, it, how does that apply when we work with this uh, c- product-based company? You know, they're selling a drink or whatever, you know, we're a nonprofit that's focused on um, mental health. Well, it's mm-hmm. getting them to understand like the element that you you took to make that visually pleasing edit. And how you thought of how's this going to appeal to my target audience, let's take that same mindset and implement it with everything else. Because that's what marketing is. If you know how to be relatable, oh, try to create something that's visually pleasing, just apply that same mindset to other things. So we told them that like, oh, wow, that makes sense. So that's the part of what we really focus on is, is the content creation element. So that's, that is where you know I, I think it's a huge differentiator because it's so natural for young people to create TikTok content.
1: So true. So you're giving that, you're just teaching them the tools and the almost like the the model of how to replicate what they're doing already. Got it. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's awesome, bro. Very cool. So,
0: so let's talk about slash. Now uh, I see that you are actually had the opportunity because of your company. you got to be a Ted talk speaker, which is like some pretty dope shit. Like that's like some high level stuff right there. Like, I often have to watch, I literally just two weeks ago, had to do a a speech analysis on a TED Talk. So like TED Talk's high up there. Um, But tell us about some of the, I see you've been able to work with a couple athletes in your agency. Tell us about some of those athletes and the types of projects you've been working on with them.
2: Yeah, so, you know, I think it started off simple where with doing like commitment videos or doing like, you know, someone's announcing for the draft. And then from there, um, it's always been the approach of, I want to focus on the creative. So when you look at like working with athletes, there, there's two, two to three elements with it. There's sports marketing, where a lot of the sports marketing isn't actually marketing the athletes. What they're essentially are is that they're biz dev, they're sales for the athletes. So they take a 10 to 20%, whatever your agreement is, cut of whatever brands that they, they help bring bring in for you. Now, here's where I argue a lot of athletes are getting taken advantage of. So if I'm an athlete, and I'm doing all this branding for myself, I'm creating my content, I'm paying the videographer, whatever, and I put in my uh, link of my bio, email this person for marketing inquiries. Well, all they do is oversee the contract. It's just like, you know, an influencer engagement, and then they get 20% of it. So the argument I make with a lot of athletes is, if they're not actually doing any marketing for you, just get a, a lawyer and pay them as a consultant every time you get a contract, because you shouldn't be giving up 20% of someone who isn't investing in marketing for you. And so when I realized that I'm like, these guys are getting taken advantage of, and I focus strictly on the creative element with them. Here's how you can, when you get a brand deal, here's how you can ensure it's going to be impactful. Here's how it's, it's not just going to be like, Hey, buy this, buy this sparkling water. So I really focus on the creative end for them. So it helps them to get more brand deals. Then to be honest, some sports marketing,
1: uh, firms hate me because I'm like, I'll be honest, you don't need that. they're taking advantage of you. That was yeah. going to be, that was literally going to be my question is how do you feel the agents have responded to what you're doing? Cause you're obviously going to players and a lot of them already have agents and you're not telling them to leave them, but you're giving them education, educational content, or even ideas of like, you know, your, what do you, what is your money going towards? And if it was going towards the three hours of them writing that contract, is it worth that 20% or could you hire? I love the idea of hiring a lawyer. I think a lot more players are gonna do that. Um, how have you felt like the, the reception has been from both the players and the agents? So, you know, there's an element
2: of ownership. We are in the, the age of ownership now where with your personal brand, starting your own business, like I've even told some players, like your first contract is, there's, there's no interpretation. Like your rookie contract, it's on a sliding scale. Do you want someone to take six percent of that? Like, you know, hire your dad. Give, tell him to get his agency, agency license over the next th- three years while you're in school, so that you know you're not getting taken advantage of. Now, you know, the higher profile athletes, yeah, there's, a, there's, you know, there's certainly a need for an agent. But when you really look at it, like, if that agent isn't giving you their full attention, if they aren't able to go to bat for you, put you in the right facilities, you know, they're just talking the talk, and you're, you're getting taken advantage of. That now I know some really good ones but I also know some really bad ones. And, you know, the, the bad ones, what I see they'll do is they'll bake in marketing to what they do. But in reality, they, they don't do marketing for them. They just field any inquiry. So they'll take 6% of the contract, 3%, of you know, whatever the agreement is, then they'll take 20, 10 to 20% of any marketing that comes in. But all they're doing is just sitting back and fielding inquiries and the players playing, practicing, training, doing everything. So I would say is, you know, you need an agent, either they have a good ecosystem, you know, they have connections, whether it's real estate, whether it's, you know, stocks, whatever that is, you know, putting you in connection with, with brands consistently. If you don't have all of that, you should really look at, all right, do I just start my own sports marketing business and hire someone and then start doing with other athletes? That's where I think it's the shift in ownership from the other side.
1: No, there's some agents who aren't happy with me and there's others who are
2: because they're good. And I'm like, Hey, you should go with this
1: guy. So are you going to like, for you, when you take on an athlete, do you also help, do you also help them with their on court, on field uh, contract, or do you pass that off to a lawyer or are you having them keep their agent for that? And you're just doing the marketing.
2: So when you look at like, uh, now, now that like, uh, college athletes can be paid coming up, there's three elements to it. So you have the players who are able to get contracts. You have the brands who are going to seek out the players. And then now you have the schools who have to stay out of both. Okay, mm. so me now being involved with schools, I can't be involved in any player contracts. I can't be involved in any brand deals. All I can do is the creative for them and help them develop the strategy. Got and it. I have my, and I don't have the, uh, the certification to do the actual contracts. I don't know enough about it anyway. I just have some good lawyers that I'll refer guys to.
1: And you, that's because you're on the school side, actually as a coach, like working for the school. But right. if you were an independent and you were to go to these players, which there probably is a ton of agents right now that are going to be doing exactly that, if they go to a player and you weren't affiliated with the school, would you be looking to do their both their contract and their marketing? Um, if they were about to turn pro, if they were going about to turn pro, because obviously they're not getting paid uh, like yeah. an on court contract as a college athlete.
2: No, I would. I would. And I, I, I think it's something that's interesting um, because if I'm doing their if I'm investing in their creative, I would say, all right, I feel that that's, that's worthy enough for me to say, Hey, I, you know, 10 to 20% of your brand deals. But I would also have an agreement with my players where it's like, if I don't have anything to do with the brand deal, I don't deserve a percentage of it. Like, yep, you know, have someone oversee the contracts. So that, I think that there's, there's too much that's going by because athletes just aren't educated on the process. You know, you're 18 years old, 19 years old. 21. Who imagine how many bad decisions you know, how many bad decisions did you make when you were 18, 19, 21, just in terms of people you trusted, relationships you've built? A ton, right? 100 percent So imagine like now that's the person who's in charge of your livelihood and your ex your money, every like you know what I mean, your career decisions. There's a lot for a young person to be able to understand, and no one teaches you the right way to go about it.
0: Absolutely. So true. Great. Uh Rich it's very season. it's very
1: needed it's very needed and uh it's also something that i see com- becoming so pivotal to players that's what i mean it's it's really what we've been trying to do with triple Deak of like helping players celebrate the fact that they are individuals within a team dynamic because i think there's such a place to do both and i think basketball does that well i think football does that well i think nhl is much farther behind the same with baseball I
0: mean, yeah um, nhl and mlb i would say
1: What would you, what would you say for somebody that hasn't considered diving into content? What would the benefits be for them to start actually taking it more serious?
2: Yeah. So, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot because um, like women's sports, for example. So people ask me, Jordan, how do you think that this name image likeness era, athletes being able to be paid, how does this benefit women? I'm like, well... To be honest do you like going to the games of of people you know or do you like going to the games of people you don't know well you want to watch people you know so if you have your own personal content that you're sharing you're getting more people personally invested in you and then even if they don't like the sport they're more inclined to watch the sport now so you know i think it's an opportunity if you are able to share own your narrative get people emotionally connected with who you are they'll watch what you do look at the the influencer basketball games that happen. They're not good at what they're not good at basketball. Why do people watch them? Because they know them. So imagine taking someone who's good at it and you have people you have a connection to, they're going to want to watch your sport more. They're going to, going to want to be more engaged and your brand deals will increase as well.
1: So true. was a great explanation of it.
0: So let's shift over and talk about the NCAA a little bit more and talk about the basketball team that you're going to be helping coach. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I've been trying to get this right. How do you pronounce the university? It's Duke Duke Duquesne. 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 Okay. Duquesne yeah. university. So, um, how did Duquesne approach you or did you approach them about the job opportunity? I approached them.
2: Um, I approached, I, I started talking with a few different universities. Um, now I live in Pittsburgh they're in Pittsburgh, which made it, you know, easier for me. Um, But I approached a few different universities and I said, you know, name image likeness is coming. It's getting passed. And it is July 1st. You're going to be scrambling. You cannot just have a maintenance check the box mindset where you say, all right, athletes who have millions of followers, just be appropriate online. It's not enough. Like you can't just they, they, they put together these curriculums. It's the same way they say some schools say they have study tables and what study tables is, is like, all right, you're required for two hours to go sit at that table and study. It's like, do you wanna use these opportunities to really help them or do you just wanna check the box and say you helped them? So I started pitching them this idea of my, my program slash athletes, which will partner them with consultants, their own personal brand coaches. So think of a, a, a basketball team and they wanna learn how to start a clothing brand. They all do, okay? Well, imagine connecting with someone who's actually successfully done it and they provide mentoring sessions. Imagine wanting to learn about running ads and you have an ads expert who's able to say, all right guys, here's how you run ads. So that is, that's the, my company. And so I pitched it to a few, few of them and uh, Duquesne was very interested. And he said, "You know, we really think this is a differentiator. I'm like, do you really wanna differentiate? Why don't we do this? So my program slash athletes will be partnering with Duquesne and then I'll specifically be on staff with the men's and women's basketball team. Now, think of it as you, as a, a content creator. Any question you may have is that you, you didn't know before. How does the social? How's the Instagram algorithm work? How do I? You know, what trend should I get on with TikTok? How do? How do I run an ad? whatever that is? I essentially I am mean, their one-on-one brand coach.
0: Hmm. That's now, awesome. Will you be traveling with the team um, on the road? Will you be at home? Like, like. I I'm assuming like, I'm just trying to picture like a personal brand coach on the sideline for the games. Is that something that you'll be doing or is it more um, you'll be, the, you know, you'll be there, but you know, you won't be there on game days. You mean like
2: when they're like, come to the bench, I'm like, let's get a quick TikTok in. Yeah, that
0: like that? Yeah, but yeah. I'm tr- basically <laughs> trying to figure, figure out like, how often are you going to be around the team in short terms? no i got you um
2: yeah so it it's it's not like it's not like i'm like their assistant coach you know what i mean yeah i know i know what you mean yeah yeah i mean i'll probably you know go to go to some games and you know support the team obviously but it's not something to where like you know i'm around all the time i'm kind of like view it with kind of like a a consultant that's on staff just like they would have like a sports psychologist
0: yep
1: yeah. Okay. <laughs> TikTok. You'll come in. You'll come in every once in a while and give them like a course and like teach them. No, and JT's for doing TikToks
0: so. on the bench with them.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I think that might be sick. That would be awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I will like. They'll essentially have office hours with me. So how I'll have a schedule. They'll so they'll be able to schedule their time with me. I'll do group sessions and then they'll get one-on-one time with me on specific topics, whatever they want to know, and then I actually have a studio content creation studio in Pittsburgh. So they'll, they'll have access to that as well.
1: So some, some kid comes up to you and says, I want to do it. I want to get on social media. I want to build my brand. How do I start? What do you say?
2: Yeah, I think there's an element to, and it's, it's crazy when people, I tell people to do this and they don't believe me. I'm like, okay, start just spending more time on your phone. But when you're on the platform, don't view it in terms of a consumer, view it in terms of a creator. You know this, like you're, you're watching trends, not like, oh, that was funny. You're watching trends like, how can I implement that with my brand? So I always view it. The first step is just like use the platform more, but view it in terms of someone who would create. Oh, how they do that? How do I think they thought of that? Oh, how they view the lighting, you know, how they use the music, whatever that is. And then from there, let's build out what your brand message, brand pillars are. So, you know, I'm focused on basketball, but I also like anime and I love milkshakes. Cool. Here's three elements that we're going to use for you to start creating content around. Then from there, we, I help them have, you know, content templates. Here's some some different content templates so we can, brand, uh, we can plan out your posts for the month. Um, and you know, that's, you know, it's a a small portion of it. Um, but a bigger piece of it is I tell them, you know, don't just be a letterman jacket. Don't just post you on the court working out because if I'm a brand, I don't know if your audience trusts you or likes you or engages with you because yeah, sure. They like, they like how you play, but that, that doesn't mean that they're going to buy something that you buy. So true.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny because you see majority of athletes, do they post they post about well us. i'll I'll say for hockey hockey posts like maybe five times a year it's like a photo training a photo fishing uh on on the ice picture and then like the holidays and then like maybe one of their family and that's all you see on the (laughs) on their entire feed and like for brand and then and then you know the people that do start doing brand deals like you get those five photos but then you get like the picture in front of the car with like the tag of like thanks for thanks for hooking me up Mercedes. And then you get like the other branded one that's like, and you just, you know, you're like one, this is the most blatant uh, blatantly overt branding uh, or brand deal. Um, And then the the second thing is like, and the rest of your audience, like nobody's follow, nobody knows you as a human being. Nobody knows like the things that you're about. And so you gotta talk more about like the interests that you have and you, who is underneath all of that uh, gear that's on the ice. Like, what is that person really about? 100%. 100%. And I think there's there's
2: there's opportunities based off of things that have happened in your life, who you are as a person, your interests. A good example of this is uh, DeMar Hamlin, who um, we've helped him out with his marketing uh, a little bit. He's an NFL player, just got drafted for the Bills. Okay, so in Buffalo, ranch is a no-no. It's all blue cheese in Buffalo, right? <laughs> so DeMar, unfortunately, tweeted that he didn't like blue cheese, okay, when yeah. he got drafted. Um, which is, you know, you don't do that in Buffalo. So I've been pitching brands not to be paid just because I think it's a cool co- content opportunity for who wants Damar to say their blue cheese is the only blue cheese he, he supports. So we'll we, you know, make a video and it's like it's an apology video. Just, you know, similar how you'd see, see apology videos. He's like I made a mistake. You know, I said I didn't like blue cheese, but, you know, all of that changes now that I've had this brand's blue cheese. That is how you want to look at branded content. It's not blue cheese, love it, love theirs. No, take take a transition, build a story around it. Now people care more about the fact that you like that blue cheese, and it's actually believable.
0: Totally. I, didn't, I had no clue blue cheese was a no-no on something. Hey, you learn something new every day. Um, but I, I think we we have to ask a hockey question. Let's talk about the state of the NHL with its social presence Um, if you had to evaluate how they're doing right now um, what do you see that they could be doing better right now
2: so I think hockey fans are great on social media media like they're heavily engaged there's memes you know there's there's uh, people are you know having creating their own content around it but then the league is just it, it is exactly like major league baseball like I'm not sure of where the benefit is, and not embracing it, um, because in if you, in terms of revenue, impact, player engagement, fan engagement, you know whatever, you know I don't know why there wouldn't be more done to to invest in, the, the creative departments for these teams. I I just don't think that they're there yet. I think where like the NFL. There's all these good social media departments. I don't think the NHL teams have adapted in that. I've seen a couple that have done an all right job, but I think from a team perspective and a league wide perspective, you know, these are players who have, as you're seeing, they have big personalities, but people think hockey players don't because they never get to see their personality. And so that's where it's like there, and there's a hockey players personality is so distinct where I could group like NBA players and NFL players. They have very similar personality, but a hockey player's personality is very distinct. And there's a whole untapped market of people who are like, oh, I relate to them. They're my person, but we're not seeing enough of them
1: to be able to develop that connection. So true. Mm. So true. So you would recommend that players would you would you, if you were to have a day where you go into an NHL team, where you go into the league's office and you explain to them what you think would be beneficial, would you recommend that it starts with the players posting more? I think it's the players posting more. It's investing in your creative team. I think it's, and and this is where I think
2: teams in general need to do a better job of every sport. It's like, have some some educational sessions with your players on like, here's how you use TikTok. You know how many just don't use it? Because they're like, oh, I'm confused by it. Well, sit them down for an hour and go through 10 trends. And here's how you edit like there's just, there's that barrier to entry is so high and it shouldn't be because it's just just how they educate them on media training because they don't want them to say the wrong thing in an interview. Well, educate them how to use these platforms in the right way because that's stopping how many people because they're like, well, I don't, want, I don't know how to use it. I don't understand it. Well, that's a, an hour conversation can fix that.
1: So true. So true, bro. We think, that, I, I think so similar to you. Like I really, really <laughs> believe that if they were to go hard into it, it would be so beneficial for for them and I think it will happen. I just think it's just where we might just be at the point where we're just really early. Um but like could not agree more.
0: You know, another thing is I think we've had this discussion with a couple people it has to do with the people who are in the front office. There's to be to be quite frank, there's there's a lot of older people in the front offices of sports teams around the world and they're not hip to you know social media and stuff like that and it's really just it's going to take time for that new wave of front office people to come in and create that change Um, one of the last things we want to touch on jordan uh we've talked about this back on our uh women's history month special uh with nikki and natalie um who are also in the marketing world who would you say is the gold standard right now in the world of sports for their social presence?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Juju hundred percent. I mean, he actually lives in my apartment building. No know. way. Yeah. Um, but he's always creating content in there. Oh my I think, God, I think, that's funny. It, I think he does it better than anybody else. Um, I think he, I think he does a great job and in, in just being himself. Like it's, it's feels like it's him. I don't know him, but. It feels like I know him, um, you know, and he uses several different avenues like launching his own esports team. I mean, he's not just a streamer launching his own team. You know, he got his own cereal box. So like, it's not just like the traditional marketing pieces. He's figured out how to wait ways to take up and coming lanes and how to own them himself and then create consistent content. And I've even made content about this before where, you know, football fans are so tough. They're like, Oh, you know, sports gone soft because Juju made a TikTok. And the argument I always make to people is like, how long do you think it makes to take a TikTok? So if he posts for a week, okay, he took an hour out of the week to make TikToks. That means he's not focused on football. Like this is like where the shift needs to drastically take place. And I think a lot of the NFL players and athletes in general who get on athletes like Juju and they're like, oh, you couldn't see me doing that. Couldn't see me doing what? Playing video games and getting paid to do it just walking around the city and getting paid to do it. Cause of ad deals, there's so much bitterness and people who just need to like face the music. Like things are changing. You're behind the eight ball and players like him really show like, this is where things are going.
1: So true, bro. So true. The whole, like, Oh, you're not focused on this because you're a content creator. It's like, it, it's so not true. Like, first of all, every single professional athlete has like a, they're at the arena for, I mean, uh, even in the NHL, there, there's like a, there's a legitimate rule that you can only be at the arena for a certain amount of hours. Really? Like how many more hours? A hundred percent there is. I, in the, I, in the I the didn't CPA. know that. How, and like outside of that, you just have so much time. Like I remember when I was playing, I legitimately was, said to myself, I could, I could have a second job. I could have a side hustle that I do from 3 PM to 7 PM, 8 PM every night. And like, content like if you start building out your content like it's going to be just so beneficial for you over the long term over the next five to ten years so I would just highly recommend it well and I think it's
2: I know you get this but it's like there's still these people who are like oh you run an agency but then you 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 know you make these Instagram videos or like you know you're out doing it I'm like yeah like I'm a person like I do things I'm showing it wouldn't you actually be happy that you I'm being more transparent on who I with who I am as opposed to someone you know nothing about, you don't know what you're getting from them. So essentially, I'm essentially saying, all right, here I am, take me, take me or leave me, you know who I am. So even from a business perspective, it's just so much of a bitterness and just afraid to adapt to change because there's so many advantages to working with people who you know their brand because you know them in in a way without even knowing them.
1: So true, totally.
0: It's been, it's been a great discussion, Jordan, and wishing you the best of luck at Duquesne university with the men's basketball team. Uh, Jordan, what is your social handles so that uh, if some of our listeners want to find you on social media? Um, I, yeah, I think, it, you know, Instagram
2: would be the best place at Jordan R. So J O R D O N R.
1: Great. Well, When when does all of the, when does all of the, uh, this actual like player branding for college start name and likeness, all of that, uh, July 1st. So July 1st, 1st. players can start getting paid.
2: Players can start getting paid and it will be interesting to see because schools aren't prepared and think of it this way. Like, how did you know how to get how many, how much taxes to pay out of your first brand deal? Like imagine an 18 year old is now going to be faced with, I have to pay taxes out of a brand deal. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's going to be crazy. So true.
0: It's gonna be wow, I'm excited to see this. It's going to be interesting to see for sure. And that's going to do it for episode 11. A huge thanks again to Jordan Rooney uh, for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next time right here on the Game Changers podcast presented by Triple Deke.